Good morning, church. I'm so excited to be sharing the word with you this morning. We've been in a series in our church called Truth Bombs. And this week, I'm going to share with you the Truth Bomb Sacrifice. And I think it's really fitting to share this with you today, because as we've already heard this morning, it's Remembrance Sunday, when we remember all the millions of men and women who laid down their lives during the wars so that we might live in freedom in our countries today. We're so thankful and grateful for their sacrifice. And so when we look at sacrifice, we need to look at original sacrifice. So we have to go back to the garden in Genesis with Adam and Eve, when unfortunately sin entered in when they messed up and disobeyed God. And the thing is, God is such a merciful and graceful God that he actually made a way for them to be in his presence again. Because as we know, sin cannot be in the presence of God. And so he made a solution for the problem. And the solution was found in animal sacrifice. So there would be goats, sheep, bulls would be sacrificed and their blood, which represented life, would be poured out and it would atone for the sins of the men and women for generations. And so this was a process that had to happen. There was also called the Day of Atonement. And it was when once a year, a high priest would enter the tabernacle and he would atone for all the sins of all the people for that last year. And you know, recently in our Connect group, we were talking about the Day of Atonement. And we said, just imagine when that day comes, when you've got literally your whole year's worth of sins, what would that look like? You see, I think there'd be quite a few folders there. Be like, I'm just going to bring on my trolley with a list of all the things I've done wrong every day that has fallen short of the glory of God. And so we said, imagine then the priest comes out and he's like, it's been dealt with. The sacrifice has been made. You are clean. And you're like, yeah, let's party. And in the first 10 minutes, you have a bad thought about someone you're like oh gotta write that down leave it in my book for next year when he will atone for all the sins of that year you'll be like oh I messed up on day one and you see this is what kept happening to the people throughout the bible God set out these rules these laws this pattern they should follow but they kept sinning again And again and again. And there's only so many sheep, even in New Zealand, that you can use for all the sacrifices. And so therefore, God said, you know what? I'm going to come up with another plan. Because God always has a plan. And he said, I will make a permanent solution. And so what God did was, he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, his one and only son. He said, I will sacrifice my son. He's fully God, fully man, born of the Virgin Mary, who would walk a completely blameless, sinless life for 33 years. And then he would be led to a cross on Calvary and he would die in our place. His blood that had complete perfection in it, not any blemish, any spot, the spotless lamb would die so that you and I and anybody who calls on the name of Jesus would have eternal life and relationship with God. And I want to read to you how this happens in Hebrews 9 verses 11 to 12. But when Christ came as the high priest of all the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that that is to say it's not part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption." Straight into Hebrews 10, verses 12 to 14. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. 
He made the ultimate sacrifice. God said, my son, whom I love so much, I will give because I love you. And anyone who hears this today, this is the truth of what God did, so that you can be made right with God. You know, there's a song called So Will I by Hillsongs, and there's a couple of verses in there, and it gets me every time I hear it, and I'll read it to you today. God of salvation, you chased down my heart through all of my failures and pride. On a hill you created, the light of the world abandoned in darkness to die. Jesus, fully God, fully man, died on a hill that he created in order to make you and I right with God. He went to the cross for us. He poured out his blood and agonizing death so that you and I might live today. What a sacrifice. Can we praise Jesus today for the sacrifice he made for us? Put it in the chat box. Thank you, Jesus. Let's come with gratitude today that as we remember on Remembrance Sunday, the power of the cross that saves us from sin and gives us salvation. So my question today is how do we respond to such sacrifice? The sacrifice Jesus made for us. What do we then do when we have taken on that and we've said, I accept you, Jesus, my Lord and Saviour. Live in me. Live within my heart is an expression that we use. What do we then do with that salvation? Well, I want to tell you that it's found here in Romans 12, verses 1 to 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will. So what we have to do in response to the sacrifice is we then become a sacrifice unto God. That we live our lives laid down, that we will sacrifice our own desires, our own wants. We call it our fleshiness. And we say, God, I choose to live your way. I choose to live holy. I choose to live according to your agenda. I choose to put away selfish desires and I will live for you. I will live a life of worship, not just singing, but worshiping you every day. I will live a holy life that we learned about so much last week in the truth bomb we had. We will choose to follow you, God. We'll choose to live a life of prayer and of worship and of faithfulness. We choose to renew our minds. We will not be conformed to the pattern of the world. And what that means is to follow God's ways, to not be like so like the world that nobody can tell that we're Christians, but to say, do you know what? I'm going to follow God at his word. I'm not going to do all the stuff that just pleases the flesh, but I'm going to follow my God because that's where life is so much more abundant. That's where the breakthroughs come. That's where we live so above everything that the world offers because we live for Jesus first and foremost. And I want to encourage you this morning to live according to this as living sacrifices. As Every morning you wake up, Jesus, I'm living for you today. Show me how to live my life. Show me how you want to mold me and shape me to be more like you. Show me how I can walk in the fruits of the Spirit in love, in joy, in peace, in patience, in long-suffering, in kindness. You know, I believe Christians should be the most kindest, zealous, amazing people on planet earth because we know what we've been saved from and we know where we are going. So I want to encourage you to live as a living sacrifice for Jesus to say thank you for what you've done and now I'll live for you. And I want to unpack that as we go through this message today. You know, it's so important 
especially in the season that we're living in now, to renew our minds. It means to put our minds on what the Bible says, on what Jesus says, rather than negativity. It's to choose not to think on all the things that are going on, but to say, do you know what? My God is for me. And as I live out this life and follow him, I can renew my mind, not to look at the depressing, depressing statistics, but to follow what my God says in his word, that he will never leave me or forsake me, that he has plans to prosper me and not to harm me, that we can choose to renew our minds and just to get into the word of God and know what he says about our life because there's good things ahead for us church. I want to encourage you with that this morning. You know I had this little, as I was planning this message, I had this little thought come to me and I thought about this so I'm going to share it with you. So think about yesterday, what you did yesterday. It was Saturday, right? Maybe you're at work, maybe you're at home with your family, maybe you had jobs to do, maybe you made phone calls, a couple of texts, you know, whatever you did yesterday, think about it. Maybe you prayed, you watched a worship, you listened to a worship song, you watched, listened to a podcast, you watched television, whatever you did, think about your yesterday. And imagine that you are preparing that as a plate to offer up to Jesus. What would that plate look like? Would that plate be something that is offered up and God would say, do you know what, I I can smell the love in that plate. I can smell how you loved on some people yesterday. I, I can relate to the worship that you gave me and it touched my heart. There was such a fragrance of kindness throughout your day yesterday that you gave me such time yesterday that when we worshiped together, oh, it warmed me and that flavor has come through in that dish. You know, as we offer up our lives, it looks like a dish to God. And there's sometimes that this happens in our house that when I offer up dinner, we call it a dinner disaster when it's gone horribly wrong and it's not quite what you thought. And there's other times I will offer up a plate and they'll be like, that was amazing, mum. You should win an award for that. It's Michelin star. And I think that's the same with our lives, you know, that there's some days where perhaps we leave God out of the equation or we don't live in peace, joy and kindness or we don't live in holiness and we're offering up this sort of like limp chicken fillet that's three days old and we're like there you go God that's what I'm offering today and there's other times when we're offering up a plate that is so palatable to God he's like do you know what you put me first in that day you represented me well we pushed through some stuff yeah you had a moment but you came through the other side and I believe God is saying in this verse in Romans offer up your best to me And you know, there's times when we fall short, we try our hardest and we'll mess up. Why? Because we're human and it's part of our nature. But when our heart is connected to God and when we love him so much, we will sacrifice daily the best for him. We will know the stuff that we're tempted with. We don't have to talk about it all out in the open, but we know the stuff we're tempted with, don't we? We know the things that don't match up to the holiness of God. And we have a choice to say, do you know what? going to ditch that and I'm going to offer him holiness today and so maybe yesterday was pretty rubbish if you're offering it up but what about today what about tomorrow what about the weeks to come will you choose to live a life of sacrifice when it's so much better unto your God you see, I personally think that it's, it's love causes us to sacrifice. You know, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And when you really love someone or something, you find it easy to sacrifice. And I think back to my early days of Dan and I dating many years ago. And he was played football and he did really well at football. And he said to me, oh, do you want to come and watch my games? I'd never watched a football match in my life. 
don't even ask me what the offside rule is because I'd struggle with it. And so I was like, yeah, but I gave up my Saturday. It would be part of shopping with my friends or going out to the cinema. But I loved him. I was like, I want to go and watch you play football. And so I stood in the stands on a very, very cold day watching a game I didn't really understand, drinking Bovril. What was that all about? Bovril, they'd run out of hot chocolate, but I stood there like a dutiful girlfriend in the pouring rain and freezing cold to watch him play football. But you see, I didn't really think that that was much of a sacrifice because I enjoyed watching him play because I knew it blessed his heart. You see, he had my heart, and so I wanted to sacrifice that day. And then a year and year after that, I would always go, football would be part of my thing. And I was like, yes, I nearly get the offside rule now today, people, because I watched it that much. But likewise, he would sacrifice for me. And I remember um, a few years into our relationship, he said, "Um, I'm going to take you to Lakeside for the day. And Lakeside, the great big shopping centre in Essex. And the thing is, you might not know this about me, but I'm a Colchester girl born and bred in Essex. So the thing is, like, when someone said, I'm going to take you to Lakeside, do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, my days, a Lakeside shopping trip for a whole day. My mates will be well gel. Do you know what I mean, babe? It was so off the scale. It was amazing. There's the Essex for you. Bring in Equippers Essex to the table. Amen. Please forgive me. Anyhow, so we went to, we were going to Lakeside, and two weeks before our due, um, our date of going to Lakeside, there was a cup final match that was so important to Dan, to the point of everyone's going to watch it. It was a massive deal. And I was like, oh, we don't have to go. He said, no, I've committed to do that. Let's go. He gave up the cup final match for me to take me to Lakeside. That spoke volumes to me. That was sacrifice. And then I have to tell you the story because this is what happened. I'd got in my head, again, being an Essex girl, do you know what I mean? I wanted a white skirt to go with my white shoes at the time. So we spent nine hours stint around Lakeside and I couldn't find the white skirt for love nor money and so we came away empty-handed he didn't watch the cup final game but he said to me but we still had a lo- we still had a lovely day together didn't we I was like that's love that is but that sacrifice you know recently we'd gone to Peppa Pig World with my daughters and we stood in a queue for an hour on another wet rainy day waiting for my daughters to shake hands with a man dressed up in a pink outfit as Peppa Pig That would not be my choice, but the smile on their faces. You see, it was amazing. And I want to tell you today that I find it easy to sacrifice for the things I love, as God did for us. And so I want to just to stir that in your thinking today, that when you love God, it's easy to sacrifice and give your life to him because you love him so much. Does God have your heart? As I shared with you, Dan had my heart and I wanted to go and watch the football. Does God have your heart? Because if he has your heart, if you are for God, you will do things for God. You will live for God. You will lay down the stuff and you will live for him. Can we put on the altar our own desires and live for him where it's so much better anyway? Sometimes I think there's such a wrestle with us living for ourselves and what we want to do and what we want to achieve. And actually God is like, if you just laid that down on the altar, something's so much better over here. So I want to encourage you with that this morning. Are you offering up your gifts to God? Because every single person listening to this today, God has gifted you with something. And often more than one thing. And I want to read to you what it says in Romans 12 verses 6 to 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, 
then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Have you offered up your gift to God on that plate? Are you spending time developing your gift? Are you learning about your gift? Are you giving? Are you being generous? Are you prophesying? Are you leading? Whatever you've been gifted with, God is saying, come on, offer it up to me. Live as a sacrifice and work in your giftings. I want to encourage you. He wants to use your giftings. It then goes on to tell us in Romans 12, verses 9 to 13, how to live well. And this is such good stuff. It says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. And I want to say church today, Equippers Essex. Are we loving sincerely on each other in this season? Are we hating what is evil? Are we clinging to what is good? Are we living our lives generously? Are we encouraging one another? Are we faithfully praying for each other? Are we sharing for those who are in need in our church? Are we giving to them? I want to challenge us with that and say, come on, do your bit. Sow in your gifts, live well, be sincere in your love. This is such good stuff in Romans today. It's telling us to be devoted in one another, not to lose our zeal. And yet I think as time has gone on in in the situation we're living in at the moment, we might lose our zeal a bit. Well, we can't meet at church and I don't like Zoom. We'll get over not liking Zoom and get on Zoom because that's where your church is. I want to encourage you in that. Well, I can't serve how I used to serve. Well, think about serving in a different way. Drop something off at someone's doorstep. Pick up the phone. Send someone an encouraging message. We can still be the church in this time. I want us and the church en masse, not just our church, but the church, to be such zealous people, encouraging people, people who would just look at us and think, wow, there's something different about them, that we would be known for our love for one another. So I want to encourage you today to live well. Live sacrificially. But I don't feel like it. Well, let's get over our feelings and let's do it because we're doing it unto God. Come on, we can do this. We can live sacrificially for others. You know, there's a difference between world living and kingdom living. The world will say, look after number one. The world will say, it's all about you. It's your money. It's your time. It's your life. It's your body. It's your choice. That's the way the world views it. But kingdom living is completely the opposite for that. And kingdom living has eternal living within it, sown in within it. And kingdom living actually says, live for God, love people, sacrifice your time, sacrifice your money, be a blessing unto people because God will bless you. And it's about living laid down lives, not about ourselves, not about our flesh and our wants, but saying, I will live for you, Jesus. And it will make such a different impact. And I want to encourage you today. You are a person of impact and you can live according to kingdom values. But the world will always say, 
What a waste. You know, I talk to so many different people in different walks of life. And lots of people will say, oh, what, what, why waste your time on church? Why waste your time on God? People don't understand the sacrifice. Couldn't you have that as your time? Couldn't you do something else with it? But you see, when you've had an encounter with Jesus, when you know that Jesus died and rose again for you and made a difference, and you've entered into that life that is so much better than you could ask, think, or imagine than without him, you say, yeah, it's worth the sacrifice because it's just so much better. Life with God is amazing. And I want to encourage you with that today to choose to walk a life with Jesus. It's so good. You know, when we serve people, when we do something for someone else, when we sacrifice our time, we sacrifice our money, impact offering today, when we are saying, I'm going to put my money and sow it into that to make an impact. When we do that, we are serving Jesus. If you remember in the Bible, in in Matthew 25, he's talking to the disciples and he said, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me water. And when I was naked, you clothed me. And they're like, but Jesus, we never saw you like that. Did we miss something? When was that? And he says, no, when you've done this to the least of people, you've done it unto me. So every time you serve someone with your gift and you say, do you know what? I'm going to encourage someone today or I'm going to lead someone today or I'm going to prophesy today or I'm going to be generous with my time today, with my finances today, with my words today. When we give of our life like that, we're doing it unto Jesus. When we serve in our churches, when we do anything, when we're on our Zoom meetings, whatever we're doing in our connect groups, we are doing it unto Jesus. We are serving him. So I want to encourage you to do that today, that he sees everything and he sees your heart for him and your heart for people. So serve well, church. I want to share a story with you today about a wasted sacrifice. A sacrifice in the Bible, a very familiar story, but it looked like such a waste. But this sacrifice was so from a heart that was in love with Jesus. And I want to share it with you today. And it's during Passover. And it's Passover time, they're celebrating, they're having a feast. And Jesus is at a table with many men and he's having this dinner. And I want to set the scene for you. There would be a lot of banter at this table. There were some Pharisees there, the disciples were there, Jesus was there. They were having a lovely meal. Imagine the smell of all the lovely chicken that was cooking, maybe lamb, I don't know. But they were having an amazing time. And then there's a bit of a kerfuffle because something happens. A woman enters the room. And in that culture, it was totally unheard of for a woman to enter the room when these men were having this feast, when they were having their time together, when there was the laughter going on, the stories were being told, they were being taught by Jesus. And she entered the room. And she did something very unusual as she entered the room. And I want to read it to you in the Gospel of Mark. It says, while he was in Bethany, Jesus, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. And in this moment, she's come into this room. Her heart was probably beating really fast. I shouldn't be here. But I have got this gift. I've got this sacrifice that I want to give unto my Jesus. And so she walked through and there would have been shock. There would have been, what is she doing here? And she walked up to Jesus and she had this jar of perfume and it was pure nard. And 
Bible scholars tell us this would have been the equivalent of a year's wages in that time. And she broke open this jar and poured out the perfume onto Jesus. In the Gospel of Luke, it says onto her feet. In the other Gospels, it says onto her head. But he was anointed by this oil, this perfume. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I broke a bottle of perfume once. And the smell was just overwhelming, overpowering. And for months later, I could smell this perfume at home because it had been broken out and poured out. And there's this woman with her sacrifice of a year's worth of wages and she is pouring it out on Jesus. And everybody at the table, the Pharisees, the disciples are like, what on earth is going on here? And this is what they said in verse 4. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. They said, what a waste. They didn't understand her sacrifice. Why would she come in here? She's not even invited. Why would she go up to Jesus and break open a year's worth of wages that could have fed all these people and pour it out? But they didn't realise. You see, what this woman had realised, she was preparing Jesus for his burial after the cross. She knew the timing of things. She had an inkling that Jesus was getting ready to do something miraculous because she'd spent some time with him. She wanted to pour out and anoint his body with this perfume, with this smell, ready for when they would bury him in the tomb. And she poured it out. She was there with tears running down her face. She had her hair. She was drying his feet. She was making a sacrifice and they didn't understand. But Jesus knew a heart. Jesus knew what this woman was doing. And this is what he said to the people who had rebuked her in Mark 14, verses 6 to 9. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have. And you can help them any time you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. See, Jesus explained that this woman was getting him ready for the cross. This woman had burst into a Passover meal and she recognised the Passover lamb who would die on the cross for the sins of all the world from yesterday, today and forever and then would rise again on the third day. She knew that Jesus was there. She knew that something was going to happen and she had to do something about it. But all the scholars of the law, even his own disciples, hadn't really comprehended what would happen. They didn't realise that the one who would take away the sin of the world was at the table with them and yet this woman did and the thing is this woman knew this because she had a history with Jesus because she'd spent time in his presence he had a heart because her brother was called Lazarus and he was sat at the table at this meal and it tells you this in Luke's gospel and he was sat there reclining at the table and her name was Mary and she had a sister called Martha and if you remember back to the story there was Mary and Martha in a house they'd made a meal for Jesus in Bethany and he'd come into the house and there was Martha doing all the work and busying herself and there was Mary sat at the feet of Jesus she started to know who her Lord was and then time after 
her brother Lazarus died. You may remember the story. And they called for Jesus to come and he came too late and Lazarus was dead. But of course, as God always has a plan, as I told you at the beginning, Jesus was never late. He waited until it would be completely and utterly impossible for Lazarus to come out of that tomb. And he rose, his resurrection power rose up Lazarus from the dead. And he walked out of the tomb, covered in the grave clothes, out to his sisters, Mary and Martha. And Jesus performed that miracle. And Mary knew of that she knew the resurrection power of Jesus and something within her spirit was stirring to say I know he's getting ready to go to that cross and that same resurrection power that rose my brother from the dead is going to raise me from the dead and get me on a path to new life will forgive my sins and set me free and she knew the Passover lamb was there ready And I read it to you in the Gospel of Mark because I particularly wanted to pick out verse 9 because it says, Truly I tell you, wherever the Gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. What a waste, they said. But it wasn't a waste because what she had done would be told in memory of her because she was preparing Jesus for the cross. And it got me thinking today. We've received the Lamb of God. We've received that resurrection power of Jesus that's living in us. That when we've called on his name and we've become a Christian, that we know we are living for Jesus. And now we know the Lamb that lives within us. How are we going to live for him? You know, what would somebody write about you that would be read throughout the history books? What would you be remembered for? Are you going to be remembered for that person that really did serve Jesus? For that person who laid down their life in order to build the church. Will you be remembered as the encourager? Will you be remembered as the one who had the gift of prophecy and you prophesied and it changed lives? Will you be remembered as the one who was at everything because you wanted to be where your Jesus was? Will you be remembered as the one who was generous because of Jesus? Will you be remembered as the one who's so kind, who's so full of joy, that when somebody walks into the room with you, they feel lifted because you carry the presence of Jesus? This woman was noted for all of eternity in the in all four gospels Mary because of what she did and the sacrifice she made and so in 2020 we have an opportunity church to give a sacrifice to Jesus to say okay I'm going to give you who I am all that I am I'll live for you and we might think well sometimes it's not pretty and we mess up but that doesn't matter because if we give him our heart and we live for him his grace covers that but we walk in a place of freedom when we serve Jesus So I encourage you today that when you've received the sacrifice of Jesus, you then can choose to be a sacrifice and lay your life down for his glory. And then one day, somebody will look on your life and say, wow, they live for Jesus and they had an impact. So I pray this message would just stir you up today, church, to live a life of sacrifice. And I'd like to pray as well. Maybe you're listening to this and you say, do you know what? I've heard that message today, but I've never actually said yes to Jesus. Well, you can do that today and I'd love to pray for you. If you want to accept Jesus into your heart, as I pray these words, just take this in and then you've started a relationship with Jesus. So Jesus, I want to thank you for the cross. Thank you that you covered once and for all, all my sins. I now choose to follow you, to live a life that will glorify you. I want to live all my days to bless your name. So I give you my heart today. Come and live in me, in Jesus' name. 
If you prayed that today, please get in touch with us because we'd love to connect with you and set you on this path of following Jesus. So thank you so much, church. Have an amazing week. Live life large. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we are celebrating with you. We would love to pray with you and send you a Bible and some resources to get you started on your faith journey. Please go to equippers.co.uk forward slash I said yes or follow the link in the chat box so we can get in touch.